Hi, I'm Patrick John Fluger, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride. You guys, promos, key art, episode descriptions, like it's happening. It's been the best week. In a long time, since the finale, yeah, since the like, finales. It's like one Chicago Christmas over here. It really is, though. We're two weeks out. I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday, September 8th, so we're two weeks out. We have all this stuff flowing around. It's just, it's the best. It's the best. Legit news, you guys. Legit. Yeah, we're not making shit up anymore and be like, oh, nope. that's kind of news, whatever. Like, this is like actual news. Oh, it's so exciting. Um, okay, so you know you're listening to episode 193. Yay. Um, we are covering Chicago Med season one, episode 18 this week. It is the season finale of season one. It's called Timing. Okay. Um, but more about that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> we got to jump into this news because like we said, it's been a good week. It's been, it's been a good week. Okay. We got to start with this key art. Okay. So last week I'm, it's like a Friday night. I'm like, cool. I've unplugged for the week. I'm getting my hair done. I'm just chilling. I'm relaxing. I put my phone away. That was the number one mistake right there. It's never good to put your phone away because one Chicago news always pops off when that happens. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I'm getting my hair done. The the guy who's cutting my hair, like we're talking about TV and everything. And I grab my phone and Brian is like, hello, SOS, where the fuck are you? We have key art. Hello, hello, hello. Oh my gosh. Shit. You know, I, I waited even too because it started going off in the group chats. And I was like, oh, this will get Gina no problem. Like we've got the group chat, you know, with like Ladies Night at Molly's and then the one with like our friends Jennifer and Carrie and Amanda. Like I was like, oh, it'll get Gina no whatever. And then like those didn't get her. Her, so I texted her individually. I was like, where the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> I I was like, what are you doing right now? Yeah. So I finally look at it. And then of course, like just you guys, it's so good. Oh my God. I love this new key art so much. Like burn it into my brain. Just like make it into a poster that I can frame and hang on my wall. I want it on my wall so bad. I'm going to find a way to get that poster on my wall. Please do. Please and do. And then I will send you one. And you guys have probably seen it by now, but I think this year they went with a little bit of a darker tone in terms of color. Mm -hmm. And then like all the colors just kind of blend into each other. So you've got like the red from fire, the orange from med, the blue from PD. Oh, it's so good. Well, and I I love the thing at the top too, like the one night, one heart. Yes. Um, It just, I I love it. And I love too that like, cause even last year's, I really liked last year's. It was very similar thing with like the C and, you know, them all kind of blending together, but those were old promo photos. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't take, obviously with, with COVID and stuff, they didn't take new promo photos. Like these are actual like new photos, Yep, which I love. And everybody Um, looks so good. Yes. Also Hanako on her first poster. Like yes! I love it so much. We will snap to that. Yes. Snap to that. Yes. Hanako's on the poster and then Med has already include, included Guy Lockhart and Kristen Hager. I'm and yes. Steven Weber. And Steven Weber. We yeah. don't like Archer, but you know, Steve, we don't we like, like Archer. Steven Weber, Steven's but, cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And everyone just looks so good. So good. 
Also, can we talk about Jesse Spencer's stubble? Like, please. Yes, please. It looks, he look. I, I don't know if he's going to keep it for the whole season, but it looks, that was like one of the first things I noticed. I was like, Casey rocking some stubble. Like, I'm here for it. Oh, I'm so here for it. I and I'm not usually I'm not usually a beard girl, like a stubble girl at all. When 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 Halstead does it, I hate it. Like Jay? Jesse's kind of got a little bit on of it too. Um, but it's Robert? not the full yeah, but it's not the full like 301 treatment. It's just like you know. I know. It's happening. But yeah, it's happening. Everyone and everyone is on the poster. Everyone's on the poster everyone this is not a rookie situation this is <sighs> everyone is on the everyone is on the poster everyone that everyone is that let's put it this way everyone that's expected to be on the poster is on the poster so i think that's good i mean we already know how it ends but we will keep you updated on poster watch and and you know if we're able to kind of like engineer this into a way <laughs> to put it into a frame and somehow we'll let you know what we find out um or we'll let you know like what our process even if is i have to do. make my own i'm gonna I will make my own. Can you make two? Yeah, I will make you one too. <laughs> I'll pay shipping. <laughs> I will make you one too. Good, 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 good. Um, elsewhere, aside from the key art, is the promo. We finally got the damn promo. I wish I, it was like so random too. Like yesterday night, like I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought it would be like on Wednesdays when they're airing the reruns and stuff. So I watched last Wednesday because everyone was like, oh my God, they're going to, it's, they're airing the fire finale. Like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I was like, okay. So I watched and there was no promo. And I was like, well, damn it. Like, <laughs> and then it happened last night. And this was another situation where Gina's chilling for the night. She puts her phone down, doesn't really look. And then all of a sudden she checks for a second. And she's like, Oh shit. One Chicago Twitter's popping off. Um, yeah. I was, fa- yeah. I was finishing FaceTiming with a friend and like, I could feel the notifications on like my phone vibrating from the notifications, but I obviously wasn't going to like hang up on the FaceTime. So as soon as I was done, I was like, Oh shit. Like, what did I miss? And I was like, Oh fuck. Now I will say this. I'm glad we've got the promo. I'm not okay though. I'm not okay. <laughs> but I'm not. Okay. Em- emotionally because of the Bursic stuff, because of the Bursic scene. Is that why? That's exactly why. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I was going to say the fire stuff, they basically confirmed that everyone's alive. They, they, okay. So <laughs> I don't, I would say that they tried to be sneaky about it, but they really didn't. So no. I was texting with a friend earlier today and she was like, they didn't even include squad in the promo. I was like, wait, pause it when Bowden's talking. Yes, just, they did. Just, just do that. All of them. And like, even you can't even see Tony, but like his hap or, but, but like his backwards cap, mm-hmm. but like he's there. Like a, all four of them are there. Everybody's there. Yeah. Everyone, all of them are there. They're all fine. <laughs> Plain as day. Everybody's Plain. fine. So, so let's dissect this a little bit. Okay. So we start with the med portion of the promo. And um, first off, they got new stock footage of like, you know, the promo footage of them where they put them in the room with the cool lighting and are like, act serious. I um, love it. There's I new stock it. photos. Everybody looks so good. So good. Um, so the med clip, the biggest med clip that we get is Goodwin talking to Will. And she's like, you've got a fire in you. And like, I need that fire. So how did we go from you're fired to I need that fire? I mean, we're getting ready to talk about it in the episode description. Well, we still don't really know that many details. But, like, yeah, it is definitely interesting. Obviously, and we'll talk about it again later, too. I guess there's supposedly a time jump. So, like, that has something to do with it. I don't know. <laughs> Very interesting. Very interesting. I, I, but, yeah, that was, I was like, oh, okay. 
right. And especially it kind of plays off of this episode that we're about to talk about too, because obviously, you know, Will's just like, oh, Goodwin hates me. Goodwin hates me. And then she has that line about like, I'm just basically waiting to see how long you'll fuck it up. <laughs> like she really, she really does hate him. Yeah. I don't, well, I don't think she hates him, but. Yeah, so uh, that's the the fire the the med portion. Med. We get into the fire portion, and really, it's just there's nothing like juicy, right? It's pretty much just that clip of Casey on the roof, and he's just like, "Oh, hang on to me." Yeah, he's doing some kind of swinging stuff from a rope. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, well, and then you see obviously Bowden talking to all of them, and he's yes. giving this like heartfelt speech, and it's like, "Oh, geez." I think he takes the promotion. I think he does too. But I don't think he's leaving. I think Eamon's no, still around. No, I don't think I don't think they would be showing us all of this and like we'd kind of be going through this if Eamon was like like I don't think Eamon's leaving and I don't think Bowden's leaving either. I just think by Bowden taking the promotion that obviously I would assume then eventually Casey would move into Bowden's spot and then yeah. that is what allows Stella to stay at 51. Oh man, Stella as the truck lieutenant. Oh, I can't wait. Right, like that's got to be the only logical thing I can come up with is that mm-hmm. by Bowden taking the promotion, then you move Casey into Bowden's into position, his spot, or at least then... grooming Casey to be in that position, and then mm-hmm. Stella would take Stella truck. takes Matt's spot, and right. Sev stays in, yeah, right, oh, and then oh. you have Herman on engine. So future husband and wife as the lieutenants at the firehouse. <laughs> love, love it. it, love it, love Power it. Couple status right there. Right, right. I cannot wait to see Stella in charge of truck. Now, with that said, however, I am ready to pounce on Herman like the minute he gives her grief for being a woman lieutenant. Yeah, I don't, it's going to happen, but. You know how I always have really weird one Chicago dreams thanks to my sleep meds? Um, Yes. I dreamt the other night that. Oh, geez. I was in an episode and I was talking to Herman and he was like super nervous about like, he was just like, oh man, I just really hope the house would never get rid of me or anything. And I was like, dude, don't you remember when Freddie stabbed you and like Cruz called you like the glue that keeps 51 together? Like that's the case. I don't freaking know guys. I have weird dreams. They're, they're amusing. Where did that come from? Uh, well, because we were just talking about Herman. It just No, I mean, where did your dream come from? Oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, I, didn't I tell the story last week about that time I had the dream where like Natalie was training for the Olympics and they brought in Bradley Cooper to be her love interest? No, not that dream. You told us about a different, there was a different one. I don't know. I don't fucking know what my brain comes up with. You guys, we're really excited, okay? There was a lot of good news this week. We're two weeks out. Just deal, deal bear with us, okay? But we, okay, but we hadn't even finished talking about the promo because we hadn't even gotten to the best part. Well, oh. one of the best parts, which is the Berzik. Oh, best parts? Everybody's like, this was the best. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm like dying inside. Okay, but we know Kim survived. So it's not like we're, we're nervous, like, oh, she's going to die. We all know she survives. We saw her on the street. I know. It's just, it's still so like brutal for me. And I felt this way about 301 too, where like, I got to the point where like, I just had to keep reminding myself. I'm like, Gina, it's not real. Okay. It's not real. Jesse is okay. <laughs> Jesse's a-okay. He's totally fine. He survives the kidnapping. Like Jay is still there. He's totally fine. And that's the point I'm at now. I'm like, Marina's totally fine. This is not real. And Burgess lives. We've seen the, p- the pictures. Like, right. hello. Thanks to Chicago citizens. We've seen her out on the street in exactly. her gear. She is fine. It's, I just, I'm not ready for like, I'm not ready to see the anguish of like intelligence, just like suffering and being like, oh my God, like we might lose her. I'm not ready to see Adam just like crying his eyes out and being like, please come back to me. Like, but it's going to be so 
fucking good. I mean, like, yes, it's going to hurt the emotions, but, like, I can already... Patty's going to kill it. It's going to be, like, good shit. So the two biggest parts of the PD promo, you see, like, okay, so they they have a shot of Burgess, and then they cut to Voight, and Voight's, like, the only thing that matters right now is saving her life. Which, like, if Voight is the one who is, like, yelling this into the abyss, how badly did the med doctors fuck up? Oh, Jesus. Are we taking bets on who was the one that fucked it up? Are we? I don't know. Are we? I'm, I My gut says Crockett, but Crockett's got a good record when it comes to intelligence. God, I swear to God, if it's Crockett and it makes me hate Crockett, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Archer. Let's blame it on Archer. Yeah. It can't be Choi because Choi's not back yet. So we're right. going to blame it on Archer. It's definitely Archer. Yeah. Like, Will's not in surgery ever. No, so, it's, it's, Archer. it's Archer. It's Archer. It's, it's Archer. Archer. It's Archer. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, Archer. Definitely. If Void is the one being like, that's all that matters, then somebody fucked up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I'm going to be really mad if that's the case. Because, like, why Why would you go to Chicago Med if all they do is keep, like, fucking up like that? <laughs> you see why I'm not emotionally ready for this premiere? Oh man, it's going to be, like, I'm not emotionally ready, but I am just ready. Like I, it's going to be so good, but heartbreaking at the same time. And I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready. Just bring it on. So then the last shot of this promo is like, you know, Burgess is still out and Ruzik just kind of like holds her hand. I will say this, that is a little comforting ish. Adam seems pretty composed. Because, like, you know, if things were going really bad. He's not like sobbing over her bed. He's not sobbing. He's not like screaming at people. He's pretty composed. Eh, eh. I mean, you know, he's dying on the inside, but like, you know, like I said, the only thing I think I would be freaking out about it more if I hadn't seen the shots of Marina on the street, knowing that Kim survives, like that is what's keeping me sane and not freaking out as bad about it. See, I, we really need to try and get Marina on the pod sometime this, this season, because I have so many questions after this, like. Just, just, I mean, if you really think about all the shit that Burz, or not Burzik, Burgess, if you think about all the shit that she's been through, like after this, after she gets shot twice and like almost dies now that she's adopted a daughter, like where does she, is she able to find joy at all now in anything aside from Michaela? Like, I'm just thinking I don't of, know. mentally, like, I mean, how, how do you rebound after something like that? Well, and kind of going off of that too, obviously we know that Michaela had started to change her perspective on how she approached the job, right? Mm -hmm. Like we saw that when she was going through picking a guardian and that episode where they kidnapped all those girls and she like kind of had the freeze out, you know, her mind went blank or whatever Mm -hmm. when she was doing through that. But like now she's gone through this. I wonder if that on top of Michaela, like how does all of this affect how she views the job now? Exactly. And she's usually so independent. Like, is she, is she going to, is she going to let Adam in at all? Like, I hope so. I have, I have a million questions because how, like, again, how do you rebound from something as traumatic as that? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Million questions, a million questions. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. So that's the promo. Um, and Twitter has been ablaze with like, screenshots at that Burzik moment with like just potential like captions of what Adam could possibly be saying and they're all like super heartbreaking it's also too just like I mean as we kind of figured out from our Burzik episode that we did with the locker room girls like there's just there was such a long period of time where we didn't get any Burzik whatsoever so even all this heartbreaking stuff it's just like I'm just glad to see that we're getting stuff like you know they're working towards 
them i would think being a couple again like even if it's this long slow burn of a thing like Mm -hmm. just good to finally get some like actual burzik content again yeah i and i hope this leads to more burzik i hope kim doesn't push him away she very well may i don't think she may push him away just to be like i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine even though like everybody knows she's not fine but i think michaela complicates that like i i think if this was pre michaela yeah that's because that's what she did that's what she always did Mm -hmm. but now i like i would like to think that with michaela in the picture maybe she realizes she can't i don't know i don't know i don't know so many questions now this is like a new kim now that kim is a mom this is like a new kim that we're dealing with Mm -hmm. yeah 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 um, but I will say this. Can we, like, never do a finale slash premiere this traumatic ever again? Like, I don't oh, like pl- it. Please. I don't like it. Please. Like, no. 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 As if that's not enough. We got episode descriptions. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm so excited to say this. Ready? Chicago Med season seven, episode one. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Okay, this is called You Can't Always Trust What You See. Oh, it feels so good to read an episode description again. It's so good. Okay. Will Halstead returns to med to help Goodwin with a secret investigation. Archer and Charles deal with twins who insist on being identical inside and out. Stevie and Dylan treat a young patient with sickle cell anemia. They're just working them in. Like, oh, by the way, Stevie and Dylan are here too. Honestly, the first time I read it, I was like, who is Stevie and Dylan? And then I was like, oh, that's who Stevie. Like, it just threw me off. I was not expecting that. Because they're already family. I love it. Love it, love it. So much. Oh, man. What is the secret investigation that Goodwin's working on? No idea. No idea. I'm trying to think about if it's anything It's probably about the Natalie stuff. Probably. Mm -hmm probably i don't know yeah um also these twins who insist on being identical inside and out like do you think that means like oh somebody has to like one of them for example has to lose i don't know i'm making something up like a kidney or something and then the other one's like well i want my kidney out too and it's like that's the only thing that i can think of is that like something has to happen to something you know one of them Mm -hmm. and then that means the other one wants that same body part taken out. Yeah, I could totally see that. And I think Archer and Charles might actually be a good pairing this season just because Archer, you know how he likes to be like, fuck you, I'm just going to do the right thing. Uh, well, Dr. Charles is so sp- suspicious. I can uh-huh. suspicious of him because of obviously all the like red blue stuff from, you know, like all that stuff that ended last season mm-hmm. uh, with that patient who ended up shooting Choi. Yeah. Um, so I think Dr. Charles is already suspicious. So I think Dr. Charles will like not buy into Archer's bullshit ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I think that'll be a good pairing to start off the season. Yeah. Yep. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. Oh, okay. Take us through fire. Okay. So fire season 10, season 10, y'all episode one is titled Mayday. I mean, not a yay at the time that it's titled Mayday, but yay! This is literally the most vague-ass description I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, Firehouse 51 deals with the aftermath of the capsized boat rescue. Gallo, Ritter, and Violet discuss plans for a side gig. 
And that's it. <laughs> Whoever wrote that description at NBC was like, fuck that. Like, but really it's so in funny on that one. too, because like, they're trying to be vague and be like, oh, like it's, a, you know, like we don't already know the fates of, like they haven't already spoiled everything else about squad three. So like. <laughs> that was spoiled on like day one when Taylor was like, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but anyway i'm so give me all the gallo ritter violet content like i just anything with them sign me up for it i'm already here for any yes okay but we need to like make predictions of the side gig what do you think they settle on i don't know do we think it's like food related do we think it's like entertainment social media related maybe they're the millennials like i could see it being social media related but i think whatever it is violet's gonna be the one to have the final say because oh hell yeah she, yeah she isn't letting gallo like gallo may come up with an idea she's like uh no yeah and then she's he's just like okay like yeah <laughs> so i yeah i could see it maybe being food related yeah it, it's gonna be violet's idea whatever it is because that yeah. makes the most sense. Well, Violet, I know they Violet's were talking boss. about it at the end of the season, obviously. They were talking, you know, they were talking about it in the finale last mm-hmm. year, kind of a little bit. But yeah, I'm just, I'm here for anything related to them. So just sign For me some up. reason, I hear like these three coming up with the side gig. And I think back immediately to the Gilmore Girls revival, where what's his name is like Uber. Like, <laughs> oh, Kurt. <laughs> Kurt, Yeah. Um, I don't know why I think of that, but I like, for, like, I'm, I'm trying to think like, we don't really know what, well, okay. Violet's competitive. We know that. Can she cook? I don't think she, well, she bakes. Remember they did the whole bread baking mm. thing. And obviously Gallo's basically cooks for 51. Cause he was making pizzas and he's always the one right. that's like behind. The, that's the only reason I said food. Right. Um, Watch them try to become influencers. Oh, that would oh be my so god! Bad. It would be the best. <laughs> I'm just that is a story. I need that storyline. I'm just thinking because, like, you know, they're they're all good at social media, and then, like, you know, with baking, I'm thinking like food photographer. But oh my god, like them trying to become influencers. <laughs> I would die. I need that storyline in my life. And then you got a whole B story with Joe trying to get the slam again on their Insta account. Yes, <laughs> I was just thinking about the slam again. Yes, Derek, if you're listening. <laughs> I mean, now that we've put it out there, we know that can't happen, but like, still, I know somebody write that fanfic. Yeah. Somebody we'll take Logan. the fanfic version. Logan from ladies night. Yeah. yeah please <laughs> get on this. Get on this. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Oh man. That's so good. So that's fire. Chicago PD season nine, episode one is called closure. Kind of an ominous title, but whatever. Um, when a PD informant is murdered, the team digs in to track down the perpetrator only to learn a shocking truth. Voight and Ruzik strategize to help Burgess. Okay, that just sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I... Hmm. Oh, man. I just want to know what this shocking truth is. Well, yeah, that, but I I think one either, either one or both of them is going to have security called on them at med. Like, that's my prediction for PD. <laughs> security Wait. will be called at med yeah yeah somebody she's about to get real up. i'm gonna be so mad if somebody at med is like mm, there's nothing we can do like bye i'm just gonna be like a repeat s- of the backdoor pilot for med all over again oh my god if it's will i'm gonna be like listen i'm still on your defense squad but i'm freaking mad at you <laughs> that's how i'm gonna feel about crockett if it really is crockett oh man 
right? Like defense squad forever, but also like you done fucked up. We don't forget. We no, we never. As my dad always says, I don't forget. I don't want it to be Crockett because he's like undefeated when it comes to saving intelligence. I don't think it's Crockett. We're not putting that out there. It's Archer. It's Archer. We're putting it out there. It's Archer. It's Archer. 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 Yeah. That. So elsewhere, there was a big scoop in TV Guide magazine this week. Um, One of our patrons, Haley, came through with the Lord's work on this one. Yes, Um, Haley. Haley always is the one who sends us the stuff from like the physical magazine. Like she's done it once or twice before. And it's just, Haley, we love you because like this has not been out anywhere else. So like, Mm -hmm. so helpful. Yeah, so yeah. and she like paraphrased a bunch of it. So obviously this is not like exact quotes word for word, but like this is all her paraphrasing like what was in this huge ass like four page article or whatever. Yeah, so we've basically got it in kind of bullet points here of like the high points. So Brianna, take yeah. us through Mad. Okay, so apparently according, again, according to TV Guy Magazine, um, Med has a time jump of two months, which we kind of figured they had to do a time jump, right? To get rid of April and Natalie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not a surprise. Um, apparently, Dr. Archer is still in charge because obviously, remember, he was the interim, you know, at the end, he was made interim while Ethan's out at the end of last season. So he's apparently still in charge, but like nobody's happy about it, which just like, lol. <laughs> Same. Big mood, Dr. Chicago yeah. Med. <laughs> This honestly was really surprising to me. So apparently Will and Crockett are becoming good friends now that Natalie is gone. And like her leaving is what brings them closer together. Um, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it happen before. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just surprised. Sylvie and Casey. Hello. Yeah, no, like I said, I just, Will and Crockett though, especially because they were butting heads over her last Mm -hmm. season. I would have never thought that they would really become friends right no i think they're righting the wrongs of roadstead here oh god i hope so yeah um apparently maggie will be more involved in medicine this year which love that yes please um as we kind of learned from the episode description apparently the first episode deals with a wild case involving twins so wild okay um Guy Lockhart's character is a pediatric specialist. Um, his whole family are cops. His dad is a high-ranking and his sister is an undercover narcotics detective. Obviously, he's a former cop who went through the academy with some of the PD cast. He's torn between being a cop and being a doctor. He went through the academy with some of the PD kids. Okay. I'm here for that. I feel like that means it's got to be either Atwater or Patty. Or not Patty, um, Ruzik. So if, okay, so if he went through the Academy in season one, which was 2014, is it plausible that he could be a full-fledged doctor and a specialist? Was it what, six years later, seven years later? I don't know, because obviously you've got to go through med school and then residency. You know, like you've got to go through all this stuff. I don't understand. We'll talk about it when we get to Clark two later on it doesn't make sense well but your dad's a doctor you you know some somewhat of these things yeah but medical school is four years residency well then you do your internship and i think residency depending on what you do is like another four or five years it takes a long ass time to be a surgeon and a doctor okay so it just doesn't make sense that he would have gone through the academy with adam 
Yeah, I don't I don't know, but I mean not everyone else is that much, you know. Kevin? I could see Kevin. I could also see Jay. Jay? That gives enough time. Yeah, especially because he needs time to like have been a policeman. And then well, it doesn't he... say that he ever became a cop. He might have quit after the academy. He's a former cop who went through the academy with some of the PDK. Oh, oh, oh. Well, it's what Haley said. And, you know, she paraphrased it, but. Right. I don't know. It's a mystery. I don't know, but I love this backstory. I'm here for all of this. Like, just, I'm already here for everything related to Guy Lockhart. So. You guys, we, we love Guy already. Like. I, I love him. We just, we love him already. So, um, yeah, he, he was doing an Insta live last week and, um, I, I popped in and I'm not even kidding you. Like I went to New York over Labor Day weekend and like, we were literally driving through New York traffic and my boyfriend's trying to like navigate and not kill us. And I'm the one who's over here watching his live, like typing things. And I'm just like, hello, <laughs> but he's really, he seems really, really nice. Like I'm super excited to have him as part of the cast. Yeah. And I started Googling him and just, he has like such an interesting background and I hope we get him on the pod. Cause I have so many questions. He for him. Like, even just outside books. of the shows. Yeah. He was apparently a part of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra tour at one point. Like he can sing too. And I'm just like, who is this guy? I saw the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, like probably over a decade ago when they came through my hometown. I I'm think like, he said like a decade. It said like a decade. It was like 2010 or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's from DC, apparently. Like, just like, I'm like, who is he? He, like, didn't he major in music? Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. But he has, like, such an interesting background. He just, he seems really cool and we want to be his best friend. Okay. That's just, but that's actually, just the truth. though. Yeah. So that's but actually, just the truth. though. Yeah. He was a featured vocalist in the Trans Siberian Orchestra 2010 winter tour. What? Yeah. Okay, so I, well, okay, 2010, I wouldn't have seen him. I think it was like 08 or 09 when I went. Oh, but right. like, well, still, that's so cool. Yeah, right? Right, I know. Like, I don't even want to ask him Chicago questions. I'm like, can we just talk about your life? Like, we, yeah, like, tell us about you. Like, please. I don't know. In my head, we're, we're besties already, so. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm really excited. So the fire tidbits here. So when Derek's wife saw the opening scene she screamed out no but that could be anything that's like yeah I I mean we know they're all alive so like I'm not worried at whatever this scene is I'm not worried that could be anything that could literally be something like crew slips under the water and it just cuts to the title screen like it could really it could literally be that simple right yeah I'm not I'm not worried but yeah. Yeah. So Stella's trying to find a new firehouse, which like stop that nonsense. You're staying here. You know it. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be big changes throughout 51 as evidenced by the episode or not even the episode description, the promo and the, um, the promo and the promo photos. Bowden's got a box in his office. Yeah. It's got it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Violet Gallo and Ritter start a new business. I just need to know what it is. Yeah. yeah. But Nothing on Bretzy or Stellarite in there, which is fine. I don't that's need, fine. you know, but as long as they're all happy, I don't, you know, that's fine. As long as they're all alive. <laughs> Truth to drink to that. I think at the end of every episode this season, we're just going to be like, did anybody get shot this week? No. Good. Is, it, is everyone alive? Okay, good. Is anybody injured? No. It was a good week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So that's the fire scoop. And then lastly is PD. 
So PD, um, apparently Burgess is, quote, by no means through the woods. I have a feeling she's going to be in the hospital for like two or three episodes. Like, I don't think this is like she's, you know, by the end of the episode, like, fine. Like, she's probably awake and alive by the end of the episode, obviously. But I think she's going to be like two or three episodes before she like comes back. If she's still unconscious at the end of the premiere, like, I'm going to riot. I'm going to throw shit. Yeah. I'm going to actually throw shit. By no means Uh, through the woods. Like, this makes me want to, like, rage tweet at Rick Eyed, but he doesn't tweet. So it would be rage tweeting into the abyss. Um. Berzik and Berzik are family and Ruzik is doing his best, but you know, he will make mistakes, which that's fine. That's Berzik fine. Is. That's fine. Okay. Voight and Upton are in serious trouble, which again, not surprised. They kind of should be. Like you think? They should be. This better not be another Bingham situation. Um, Jay hasn't answered Haley's proposal because he doesn't really know if it's like that genuine or not like he doesn't know if it's really coming from a place of like i want to marry you or from a place of fear i really didn't like the quote from rick talking about this just because he was like well jay knows that he's dating a complicated person hey we're all complicated don't like single out Haley for that yeah she's got legit trauma in her life but honestly, and maybe this does make me a bad upset fan, but like, I think this is the right move. Like, I think it is the right move for Jay not to have answered Haley's proposal and to figure out whether, I mean, I think it is probably partially both. And I think I said this at the, you know, at the end of the last season is that I think it is probably, you know, she realizes that she does love him and, you know, mm-hmm. obviously fine, you know, she wants to marry him. But I think part of it is that she's scared and she knows that if she marries him and tells, then tells him what she did, that you know that he can't say anything yeah i yeah i mean i think it's part of it but i think this is the right way like i think it would have felt weird if jay automatically was like yeah sure like yeah i'm gonna marry like i not because he doesn't love her but because that just feels i don't know i feel like this is the right storyline i well and i agree with you too i agree with you but i i don't think I think Haley's proposal came from a place of love. I legit think it did because if you if if you talk about you know was she trying to kind of invoke the spousal privilege where like if they get married that he can't test he doesn't have to testify against her like can you invoke that? I don't think because if that's why she was proposing, then it really wasn't based on love, right? I think her proposal came from a place of love. I think it was I think it was more of a case of like please don't ever leave me than it was like I need to cover my ass. Well, yeah, I don't think she necessarily did it with like, hey, I'm doing this solely for the fact that like I can then invoke this rule, yada, yada, yada. But I do think it was partially based on fear. For sure. Um, you know, but. I think Haley does a lot of stuff out of fear. I mean, Jay, Jay is her safe place. And so anytime something happens that triggers that fear, she comes running back to him. Yeah. And then the last one is just, I don't even know what I... Boyd and Atwater get involved in cases with some quote unquote interesting and unpredictable women. What, what? the hell does that mean? What? <laughs> but actually, though, what the hell does that mean? No, yeah, but what? What? Okay. Hmm? Like that's weird. I I don't even know if I want to know. Is Void on your shit list for what happened in the finale? Point's been on my shit list. No, I mean, like, he's always on everybody's shit list, but I mean, like, even more so. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Let me rephrase it. Maybe like, let me rephrase it this way. Like as we start the new seasons, or do you see Voight and just be like, I'm fucking mad at you. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Anytime I see Voight's name, I'm just like, why? Yeah. But honestly, I've been like that since Al. So yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Just the position that he's put Haley in makes me so angry. And she's not going to handle this the way out. Well, that's the, no, maybe she would. That's another question is, does she handle this the way Al did? I don't know. I would hope for this Haley's sake that she doesn't, Mm -hmm. because obviously we saw what that did to Al. Ultimately, I mean, obviously that was Al's choice and I couldn't have imagined Al doing anything else but that. But, like, we saw what it ultimately did to him. So I hope for Haley's sake it doesn't, because I think it will ultimately destroy her. Yeah. And destroy her, you know, job. And just, you know, I think it will destroy a lot of different parts of Haley. But I don't know. It cost Al his life, which still makes me so angry to this day. But I, like, what I don't want to see is I don't want to see Jay being the one to save her. I want to see her stepping up to him and being like, you motherfucker, you put me in this horrible situation. Like, fuck mm-hmm. you. I'm not going down for what you did. Yeah. And I think at least in the outs, like obviously Alan Voight had been through a lot of shit together. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they grew up together and they can't, you know, in terms of being cops together, essentially. Mm-hmm. Haley and Voight don't have that same kind of relationship. So I hope that that, Obviously, that's not a factor in swaying her one way or the other. Um, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. We need Tracy on the pod, too. Like, we really do. Can, can, you, can we just, like, pick your brain about Haley? Like, we have questions. Yeah. Okay. So the last bit of news, because we told you guys we had a ton of news today. Ton of news. Okay. So there was a Deadline article that dropped about um, Our Kind of People, which is the new show debuting on Fox starring Yaya Costa. Um, And it's just a quick little blurb from Deadline just talking about, you know, Yaya's decision to leave Chicago Med for the Lee Daniels drama. If you have not seen this trailer for Our Kind of People yet, go find it. It looks amazing. It looks so good. It looks so good. Yeah. And Yaya looks so good. Yeah. Um, And I just love, I mean, obviously it's mostly about the fact that, you know, she said like it kind of happened, like if she says, you know, like her exit from med and the arrival of the show, like really happened at the same time. And like, there's obviously not really much to say about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously there was a window, she says, you know, like opening and a question mark as to whether she would stay or go. And like in that window, she just fell in love with this new show. And, you know, and like, I'm glad to know, I mean, obviously we kind of knew already that it was her choice to leave, you know, mm-hmm. her contract was up. She had the chance to go, but like, you know, yeah. Yeah. This, this just kind of solidifies. It was 110% her choice. It's like, yes, queen go star on that show. Crush it. Yeah. That looks so, so good. So about all the news we've got for today and we have a lot of news that was a lot of news that felt good yeah um you guys know the drill as always please send us stuff if you see it you guys are really good about that um and we do appreciate it you know it's a whole big internet out there sometimes we miss things so uh we have a couple patron shout outs woohoo i love it we're getting back in the swing it makes me so happy i love it okay um first shout out goes to jackie pitlick jackie is one of our very very good friends from atx oh. festival she is part of our our group sh- our, our, our squad like our group our girl squad very very much yeah jackie we love you we, we love, love you. you thank you dear 
Also, you're going to join us on the pod at some point this season. We just don't yes, know. Yes, so. it will happen. Brace it yourself. Will happen. <laughs> it will happen. Um, next up, we have Kelly Tran. Kelly, thank you so much for joining the squad. We are so glad you're here. So glad you're here. Thank you so much for supporting us. I we I really hope we see you at the patron happy hour because that'll be cool. Yeah, uh, so excited. Just a reminder there. So if you guys would like to support the pod for as little as $2 a month, you can check out the link in our socials to our Patreon page and just kind of see which tier might be right for you. Got a lot of cool perks. We've got the Facebook group, which is popping. Um, it's become this little tiny community of just kind of diehard Chicago fans. And we just talk and we theorize and we read fan fiction and we just do our thing. It's so much fun. It's really fun. It's really fun. And so we have planned a second patron happy hour for Saturday, September 18th. Uh, we would love to have you there, but the only way to do it is to become a patron. So yep. follow the link in our socials and check it out. A lot of fun. Yep. All right. I think that's it. Um, should we jump into the episode? Let's do it. All right. So we're taking it all the way back to season one of med. Uh, this is the season one finale episode 18 called timing. Okay. Um, if you're just like, what the hell was timing? I don't even remember that. This is the one where Dr. Downey dies. Like, <laughs> If we're going to put it in, in like friends episode titles, it's the one where Dr. Downey dies. Pretty much. I mean, accurate, right? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start off with Natalie and Dr. Reese. So, um, Brenny, you want to get started? Sure. So Reese is getting ready to graduate. Her graduation is actually tomorrow and Reese and Joey, you know, TBT to Joey, um, you know, they're discussing her plans for graduation and she's like, not really that excited about it. Like she doesn't even want to make a big deal about it, but like Joey's like, no, like it's your graduation. Like, of course we're going to make a big deal out of it. Um, so later on, and then Maggie and Natalie are in the ED and Maggie spots Natalie and she's not wearing her wedding ring. And Maggie's like, oh man, you lost it again. And I was like, actually, no, like I, you know, decided to take it off for good. Like, I'm not going to wear it anymore. She's like, it feels weird, but you know, like baby steps. We, we like had just had the episode where she couldn't find it and she stressed herself out to the point of yeah. like collapsing. Yeah. Yeah. So then Natalie and Reese start working on a six-month-old baby who has, like, diarrhea and vomiting, you know, and they're trying to figure out what's going on with him. Um, Apparently, they find that the liver is enlarged, but the parents deny, like, him being exposed to any kind of, like, toxins, chemicals, anything like that. So Natalie, of course, is like, okay, we're going to run some tests. I'm going to bring in a specialist to consult. Like, we'll figure it out. So the specialist comes in and immediately rules it as cardiomegaly, which means the baby's heart is enlarged. But then all of a sudden, the baby stops breathing. And so they get him back, but now they need to rush to figure out, like, what genetic disease, like, could be causing all this. So they're obviously going to use, like, the mom and dad's, like, genetic. They're going to take samples of their DNA to try to figure this out. So Reese takes the DNA samples to Joey and he's explaining like how the genetic test works, but she is like not listening to him at all. She is all zoned out and he thinks that she's thinking about graduation, but really she's thinking about the baby. And Joey's like, well, it's a good thing. Like you're sticking with pathology. He's like, you don't want to get so involved with patients. And he's like, well, what if that poor little baby doesn't make it? Like you're going to feel terrible. And she's like, yeah i am and he's like i would too he's like that's why i like it down here he's like i'm not good with suffering it's just too much up there like really dude like i mean i get it like if you don't you don't think you can handle it then that's fine like you pathology is right for you but like 
you don't have to be like you don't want to get so involved with patients like you're basically like no 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 like that's not the encouraging thing to do i think but i mean in joey's defense i think he he just tried very hard throughout his time in bed to be the most supportive boyfriend he could so i think he, he was, tried but i don't yeah. think he still wasn't like i think there was a better way to be you know like supportive rather than be like you don't want to get involved with the patient like no 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 mm, he tried like instead of her being like no i'm worried about the baby he could have been like oh i'm so sorry is there anything i could do to help you know like yada 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 you know like i think there's other ways to go about being supportive oh no there totally is but like he tried his best i can't really fault him for that yeah yeah so joey actually finds reese eventually later on like she's asleep at the nurse's desk in the picu and like she slept there so much because obviously she wanted to go check on the baby like she missed her graduation because she was, was too afraid no go ahead finish that thought she was too afraid to leave the baby like she actually slept at the nurse's desk was there nobody else in the picu at that time that they just let sarah like sleep through the night in such an uncomfortable position i know she's like head down on the desk like not even like a comfy chair like and of course then he like tried to call her and text her and her phone was dead so like of course just oh so conveniently it it always Um, makes me laugh how like the minute anything like that happens the phone is the first thing to go i mean i get it i get it but it it always makes me laugh like oh we're stranded oh look my phone doesn't get reception in this one specific spot yeah yeah so she of course is like oh did you get the results for the baby and when she starts looking she's like i gotta call natalie so later on natalie tells the parents that the baby actually has a condition called long chain acylcoa dehydrogenase deficiency or l-a-c-d-d good job rina <laughs> i don't know if that was right i may have butchered that but basically means he can't process fat so basically if they alter his diet he'll be fine like it's manageable for his whole life he, you know he'll always have it but he, it can be managed it was interesting the way sarah explained it how like since he can't process fat your body goes to sugar and then like you know yeah. like the reason he had crashed was because his blood sugar dropped blood sugar so, bad. Was so low yeah. yeah yeah but man i once i once natalie like said that i was like okay i'm gonna have to like slow that down so i can type it out like i was like hold on but also how many takes did that take Long chain acylcoa dehydrogenase deficiency. Okay, I think I got it. I think okay. I got it. All right, I'll, I'll make you recite it next week. Oh Jesus, please don't. <laughs> um, so Joey finds Reese later on and gives her her you know graduation gift, and which is uh, ends up being you know of course she's supposed to get it at her graduation. It's her white coat that instead of obviously medical student, it says now pathology. And so he leaves and she's in the doctor's lounge and she tries it on and ethan walks in on her you know she tries it on and tells her congratulations you know all this stuff and like she smiles to him but she really doesn't look thrilled at the idea of being in pathology like she really doesn't so reese goes down to pathology and finds none other than nina shore nina which was such a night i didn't realize nina was in this episode so i I was like oh my god it is one patty murin (laughs) um and she basically goes down there and she turns it down, even if it me- even though it means she won't have a job because she was matched with pathology, which means if she turns it down, like she's just without a job. Mm-hmm. And she knows that that's what that means, but she does it anyway. And Nina's like, well, what are you going to do? And she's like, I don't know. Um, 
So obviously Sarah has now graduated, which means there is another new set of fourth year med students coming through the ED. That's their turn. So Ethan's leading them around, you know, whatever. And Natalie runs into none other than one Jeff Clark. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Um, He hurt his back on the job firefighting. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to become a doctor. I always like that side of things. Like, okay. All right. Um, And apparently Clark and Natalie's husband were really good friends. So that's why she's like so taken aback by the fact that like he's now in the ED. Um, And then this whole section kind of ends when Reese runs into Dr. Charles and she tells him, she's like, I I just quit pathology. And he's like, it's about to have time. (laughs) He's like, he's so proud of her. And she's like, well, and he's like, you'll be fine. Like it was the right move. Um, Which I just kind of love that he was like, it's about damn time. Like, yeah. Love it. But yeah. Um, We did have a couple of listener thoughts. I love that you guys remember this episode. Uh, Jess loves otters she said I've watched this season and episode several times and I always thought that the Joey Reese relationship was cute but watching this time I didn't like Joey didn't like his attempt to keep her in pathology I don't want to use the word manipulated but there's something about the way he went about trying to keep her in pathology and away from patients that I didn't like okay if we're gonna rank toxic men in this episode Joey is at the bottom of my list I'll just put it that way like we'll get there but Joey's at the bottom of my list. Okay. Bert and Tate are way above him in this episode. Yeah. I would definitely say that. And I wouldn't say it was toxic, but like, it doesn't, I don't know. It was something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way too, but I was just never really a big Joey fan. I didn't care for him. I get it. I get it. Um, Jess said, my last thought is on the Jeff Clark storyline. Just don't get it. There's too many inconsistencies in his character and storyline after he came to med. Yeah. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I like to forget that he was ever brought to med funny um like the first thing that really sticks out to me is that they changed the branch of the military that he was in for a way that he would know natalie oh i didn't catch that i didn't catch that either Ooh. um in fire he was in the first battalion eighth marines and in the episode where he was accused of murder just tally him on that list of characters who've been accused of murder yep. jay calls him a jarhead which is a term for the marines but at med they changed the branch of the military to the army as a way to know natalie because he served with her husband who is an army ranger Good eye, Jess. Yeah. Um, another thing I don't get is his timeline. Only two years have passed since his last appearance on fire. So even if the injury happened that same year, it's still too early for him to be a fourth year med student. This is exactly what we said. Yes. Yeah. Um, even if he already had an undergraduate degree, being a fourth year med student in two years time max just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. Nope. He, he was on med during fires aligning seasons four and five. If I did the math correctly, to be a fourth year med student, the earliest he should have appeared is season six of Fire, which is season three of Med. Man, just with the math. Well, and that's especially too if like you're assuming that he got hurt right away as soon as he left Firehouse 51. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. No. I mean, yes, I always liked Jeff. So like I was happy to see him again on another show. Like when he came up on Med, it's like, oh, this is exciting. Like mm-hmm. I Clark like I you know I was here for that but like yeah when you really think about the inconsistencies in his backstory it does not make sense at none all. of the sense it doesn't make sense at all nope none of it so that is Sarah and Natalie uh elsewhere in the hospital I mean the big storyline is with Connor in this episode so uh 
Dr. Downey is brought in by paramedics. At this point, we know that he has cancer. We don't know. Do we know what kind? I think we know what kind. He had that liver procedure, remember? Okay, yeah. So he's got cancer is what we know. And he's brought in by paramedics because they found him at home. And so Will is, you know, Will is, he's he's the first doctor who starts treating him. But then Connor's paged. Um, There's blood in his chest after this liver procedure that he had. So they put it in a chest tube, but it's only a temporary fix. So Connor takes him up to surgery and, you know, stops most of the bleeding because like Connor has a God complex. But, you know, so... Connor's concerned later on because Downey should have woken up by that point, but he's still completely reliant on the vet. And so Connor pages Dr. Abrams, who's just like my favorite. I love him. More Dr. Abrams, please. Always. Just the driest sense of humor. That always makes me laugh, even though he's kind of a dick, but like, I love it. I love it. So uh, Dr. Abrams is like, uh, you called in a neurosurgeon. So clearly you think something else is wrong. And Connor's just like, I'm kind of afraid that he stroked out on the table. And Abrams is like, you were hoping I would tell you otherwise, but he can't really tell. So he's just like, you know, you just need to order a head CT and like do that. So they do the head CT, the head CT. He didn't stroke out, but the cancer has spread to his brain. And Downey wakes up and they have this conversation. Like, is it operable? No, Uh, you know, if you want to give it a shot with surgery, we could, but it's completely up to Dr. Downey. And, you know, Connor's kind of in the corner. He's like, with all due respect, Abrams is not the only neurosurgeon in this hospital. And Downey's like, no, like he's the best. So mm-hmm. Downey just very quickly is like, we're not doing surgery. He's just kind of come to terms with it. And he's just like, no, we're not doing this. So Downey is just like, I'm cool with it. I'm at peace with it. You know, Connor, if you want, come back later. Cause I might want some company. That's it. So Connor goes back to Downey's room and tries to make him comfortable. Like he brings a record player. It's really sweet. It's really, really sweet. But then it kind of takes a little bit of a turn. I'd hoped to make it to the islands one more time. Flying's such a hassle these days. As soon as we can, we'll get you out of the ICU and into a room. One with a view. Dr. Rhodes. You know what I'm facing. I do. I'd just as soon skip it, if you know what I mean. Check out a little early. I'd need some help, though. You know I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I guess we're all given our measure of suffering. God's medicine. So there's like a... Uh, there's a lot of talk in this episode that I remember after this aired, but I'll get there. Okay. So, so Connor wakes up in the chair in Downey's room, leaves to get some coffee and Dr. Charles just kind of approaches. Dr. Charles always pops up at like the right moment. I love that. Mm-hmm. 
So he's like, yeah, I'm really hard to hear about Downey. Like that's gotta be really difficult for you. And Connor just says like, he's given me so much. How do I ever pay that back? And Dr. Charles just says, how do you know you haven't already? And Connor's just like, huh. You know, when I like rewatching this episode, what I love about this relationship between Downey and Rhodes is that like Downey kind of allowed Rhodes to feel Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever see Connor this vulnerable like ever again throughout the whole series. Maybe once or twice with Latham, but not in the same way. No, like he's he's emotional here. We don't we ne- we never see that. Even with Robin, I don't think we ever saw that. Not really, not to the same extent. No, so I mean that's huge because you know Connor's such a stoic dude. I really forgot until I was rewatching this episode how much of an impact Downey did have on Connor. Yeah, big time. It's like, we honestly kind of forget, like, Downey was only around for obviously the one season, and Latham is, you know, was after that, and was kind of been around ever since. Mm -hmm. So, like, I kind of just forget that Downey really ever existed sometimes. But, like, Downey had a really big effect on Connor, and I really forgot about it until this episode. Yeah, it's very easy to forget. But also, like, when you watch this episode, you're just like, oh, shit, like, he really did impact him. I think Downey probably had a bigger impact on Connor than Latham did. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I agree. For sure. So, uh, Connor goes back into Downey's room and he's like, you know, you said you wanted to go back to the islands. I'm going to bring the islands to you. So he's got this, like this lay that he puts around Downey's neck and it's Jasmine. It's this type of like Hawaiian Jasmine. So here, here's what I remember from the day after this aired. So this, this finale airs, everybody's like dealing with it, whatever. There's chatter the next morning. Cause I, I clearly remember being at my desk and like supposed to be working, but I'm just scrolling on Chicago stuff. Cause like, you know, um, a lot of people were like, you know, was there something in the lay? Did Connor actually help him die? Like, what happened here? Catch my ass on Google, both after the, after the finale aired, <laughs> I, I Googled. And then after I rewatched it this time, I Googled again, just to be sure. Because uh, a lot of people were like, well, is there some sort of plant where you can inhale it? And like, it's super toxic. Um, no. That's not the case. <laughs> That's not the case. Because the day after it aired, I was like, oh my God, there was something in the light. That's so <laughs> genius. That's amazing. What a crazy plot point. I was like amazed. I was like, That's incredible. <laughs> Guys, no, there's there's nothing toxic about that type of jasmine. Nothing toxic. Even if you ingest it, not toxic. <laughs> so it was just a lay. It was a diversion. Connor did not actually help him die. No. <laughs> But yes, that was a big, that was a big topic of chatter, a big topic of debate in the days after that finale aired. I don't remember. I was like barely, I, I like started watching the shows like a few weeks after that. So I did not, I was not around back then. Well, and it's been, I mean, it's been in the back of my mind, like since it aired too, just because I was like, you know, well, I never really found like if there was any definitive evidence, but then I remembered like the specific type of Jasmine that Downey mentions. And so I Googled it again and nope. It's still so hard. Like, I don't think he did, but like the way that ends, like it just, it makes it seem like he did. I mean, yeah, unless, unless there was something in the lay that none of us know about. Because, like, you know, he says, he's, like, obviously, you know, like, thank you for everything. And Downey's, like, you know, it's been a good ride. And Connor's, like, you know, yes, it has. And then, like, Connor walks out of the room. And then all of a sudden, Downey starts coding. And, like, Connor, literally, Connor doesn't even have to look. Connor's literally looking straight ahead. Doesn't even look at Downey's room behind him. He's, like, he had, because obviously the nurses start clamoring, you know, like, code blue, you know, like, Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, he's coding. And Connor's, like, he has the DNR. Like, just let him go. He doesn't even look at Downey's room. 
Nope. And he walked out like as if he knew it was going to happen pretty quickly. Yeah. And this is one of those things where it's kind of like the ending to Inception where it's like open to interpretation and we'll just never know. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I wouldn't be mad at him if he did, but like, I, I don't know. And I honestly really had forgotten about it until I rewatched it. And I was like, oh shit. Like, did he do it? If so, like way to be covert, Connor. I, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know. I wonder Well, And now that we, now that we think about it again, like the way he walks out and just the tears are like jumping out of his face, like. I wonder if he did. And it was just kind of a mix of like my mentor just died. And like, I just kind of went against everything that I see, I don't for. even think he thinks is like, I see, I don't know. Like I said, it doesn't bother me if he, if he did help Danny die. It mm-hmm. doesn't bother me at all. Um, especially after. And the only reason I still think maybe he did is because of the way that conversation. And I, again, I just started thinking about all this today as I was rewatching. But when Dr. Charles says like, you know, he says like, he's like, you know, he's given so much to me. Like, how do I ever pay that back? And then Dr. Charles is like, well, how do you know you already haven't? Like, I the don't know. The timing's like, too perfect. The timing of everything. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Huh. What do you guys think? Let us know. Yeah. And yeah, that's, I'm just kind of like, oh, now that we, now that we really talk about it, I'm like, huh. I just, huh. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But like, he didn't give him anything but the lay when he went into the room, right? And that, see, I had to go back and rewatch it. I don't think he pushed any like medicines. I don't mm-hmm. think he did anything like that. So I don't know. I don't know. Crazy. Did he do it? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So Connor tells Goodwin he's like, I'm gonna need a few personal days, and he takes down his ashes to Hawaii and spreads them in the ocean. I think they actually went to Hawaii for that scene. See, to me, it looked so fake. Really? But what would they look really fake? They wouldn't have green screened the like it the, looked really fake. I gotta look at that again. Maybe they did go to Hawaii, but if they did, it did not look that real. Well, what did they do? Have him like wade into the Chicago River and then just be like, we're going to Photoshop everything else? No, I think it was legitimately done with a green screen. It's what it looked like to me. Huh. <laughs> huh. I got to rewatch that. I feel like we've become so good at spotting the green screen. It that... really looked like it was green screened. I got, yeah, okay. I got to look See, at that to again. Me, I couldn't have imagined they were going to Hawaii to film one scene of a Chicago med in its why first I, season. I can't I imagine actually, that. Did I read something that I don't remember why I think they went there, but I'm Googling now, but it looked fake to me. We could tweet Colin right now and see what he says. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can. Oh no, that's about. No, I got. I got to look at that again because you know we. I think we've become really good at spotting the green screen. So I gotta. I gotta take a look at that and find out. Um, I think it's fake, but. But like, what about? Well, the water's obviously not fake. So what did they do? Just like set it up on a stage? I think the water's fake too. What? Can you fake? I'm telling you, go back and watch it. I think it's all fake. Can you fake the ocean on a green screen? <laughs> I think you can do anything with CGI. That's a question I never thought I'd ask. 
Hmm. I swear it's all fake. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that again and see. I swear it's all fake. Huh. Okay. So <laughs> Jess also said, did Connor really overdose Downey? I remember Ava accusing him of that in her first appearance, but never really put much thought into it. Ava accused wait, Ava. I need accused to go back of- and watch it. I don't remember. How does she know? I need to go back and watch it. I don't remember. Because she's a serial killer. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. I don't know. A lot of questions. More questions than answers coming out of this one. For real, though. But actually, though. But actually, though. Next up, we've got my favorite redhead, Will, and April. (laughs) Trying to take it away. Okay. So, Tate, just eye roll. Tate. Um, Tate walks April into work and I love that like Maggie is just giving him the look as she as like he walk you know as he leaves I I love that Maggie just like gives him the look like I don't like you because <laughs> we don't either so later on Will and Maggie start talking in the ED about how Will thinks Goodwin like doesn't like him morning Miss Goodwin Dr. Halstead that woman does not like me you haven't exactly made her life easy. Okay, but like this quote is evergreen. This quote has aged too well. What? The like you haven't made her life easy? That, yes. That and the that woman doesn't like me. Like that has aged oh. too well. That is perfect. Yeah. Um, I also just love the whole thing about how like, you know, he thinks he's lost cause, whatever. And then Maggie just automatically changes the subject. She's like, you can't, like, she can't keep her mouth shut about Natalie. So he's mm-hmm. like, you know. Like, you know, Natalie isn't wearing your red, her wedding ring anymore. And she, he's like, why would you tell me that? <laughs> I, I love, yeah. I love that she just automatically changes the subject. Love it. So she, I still, I love the Will and Maggie friendship and I love it. Mm-hmm. So Will and April start treating these like drunk, injured sports fans, whatever, coming back from some kind of game or yada, yada, yada. And like one of them gets aggressive and ends up pushing April into the door. And she's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But like, she doesn't really look like she's fine. Like she's still clutching her side, like clearly in pain. And all she wants to do is like go back to work. But Will is like, no, we're checking you out. And he's like, even wants to do a chest x-ray and like double check just to make sure. And she's like, no, like, I'm fine. I, I, I'm fine. I do love how Goodwin and Will are both just like, sit your ass down. We're checking you out. And she's like, you're being overbearing. Just, they're such a cute little family. I love that. Yeah. So Will walks out of the room and Maggie hands Will this letter that, you know, ultimately says that he was offered a full-time attending position at med. And like, he still can't believe it. He's like, oh, someone must have overruled Goodwin. And Maggie stops him. And she's like, you dope. Like, (laughs) Nobody overrules Goodwin. Like, you wouldn't have gotten that without her say-so. It just, it, it makes me laugh how much Goodwin cannot stand Will, which, like, it, it shouldn't make me laugh, but it makes me laugh because it's, like, a cycle. She's just like, Will, you do dumb shit. Stop it. Will does something dumb. Will faces consequences. And then Goodwin comes crawling back again. Yep, and we're about to see her come crawling back again at the beginning of this new season, too. It's the circle of life. So Will decides to track Goodwin down and tells her that like he's going to accept Med's offer. But like this line is just, it's so good. She's like, my fear is that you're going to find a way to get yourself kicked off the staff. I'm curious to see how long it will take. 
And he laughs at it. Like, dude, your boss is like, you're going to blow this. But it still hasn't happened yet. Well, I mean, well, well, Goodwin thought it happened this time. Yeah. So, okay, we get like an early Manstead moment too. So Will stops Natalie as she's on her way out for the night and tells her his good news. And I just, okay, just play the audio. Natalie. Yeah. Hey, did you hear? I got an offer from men. That's great. You're going to take it, right? Of course. Yeah. I promise from now on I'll never argue with you. You will be in attending, so you won't have to argue with me. You can just boss me around. That's a good point. Yeah. No, uh, I'll never do that either. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Okay. I'm not a man said like Stan, but this is really fucking cute. Uh, Yeah, I mean. When they were good, they were good. And like in the slow burn stage, they were good. But when they were bad, they were really bad. And obviously, I'm still a Mansell stand above mm-hmm. all of it. And I'm still heartbroken about that. But this scene I thought was really cute. To me, they they did not hit. They hit peak cuteness in season three. Like, and they weren't cute until that point. It was like, they weren't cute. They weren't cute. Season three happened. They went from like zero to cute immediately. Well, because season like two, they're, line. like, not really a thing. I mean, like, obviously, she's in with Clark, and he's with Nina, and, like, season two is not really their season. No. But, like, when they were kind of flirty, like, this, I thought was cute. Season three is definitely their peak of, like, they were really good, mm-hmm. and then it all went downhill from there. See, and this scene, this scene doesn't really strike me as cute just because, like, Will's just like, haha, I promise I'll stop being a dick. And she's just like, oh, no, but, like, you can be a dick now. You're an attending. Like, that's not healthy. No, but the thing is, I love the case. He's like, that's a good point. But then he's like, oh, he's like, uh, he's like, I would never do that to you. Like, basically saying, like, he would never do that to her, which I, I don't know. I thought I was surprised by how cute I thought this scene was. And especially coming from me high, like, chief Mansell Stan over here. Like, I thought th- I, was, I was like, oh, like, I was I, I thought this was cute. Yeah. Yeah. So later that night, April and Tate put Tate's son to bed and, you know, then they leave the room and they're talking and she still has some side pain, but, you know, she says she's fine. Like she, and she's like, oh, I've taken worse shots before. And she's like, nursing is a dangerous profession. Just kind of like making a joke. And Tate's like, well, maybe you should leave it. And she's like, what? Like quit my job. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, and do what? And then he just proposes to her and he's like, marry me. He's like, I want you to marry me. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? God, I hate Tate so much. I like, that's not, okay. There's, there's, a, there's so many things wrong with this. There's just so many things. Okay, so first off, he's not even remotely supportive when she's like, nursing is a dangerous profession. His response is, well, maybe you should ditch it. When it was clearly a joke. Right, right. Like she, it's not like she was, tr- nobody thinks nursing, I mean, nursing is a selfless position, you know, Mm-hmm. job it is you know a bunch of other things but nobody's sitting here being like oh man nursing's dangerous right right but then when you get to this proposal and this is not even an actual proposal an actual proposal is will you marry me all he says is i want you to marry me that's manipulative as fuck yeah. or not manipulative but like controlling yeah like this is some handmaid's tale shit coming out of tate and maybe i say that just because i really don't like him but like 
I want you to marry me. Like I control you and you must the worst. Yeah. Like you must give up everything you're doing and just become my wife. And that's all you can be like, fuck that guy. Well, and then later, so next shift, obviously April tells Maggie all the stuff and she's like, well, Maggie's like, well, what did you say? And she's like, well, I told him I needed to think about it. And Maggie's like, you better like Maggie's even like, fuck that guy. Like, no, 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 no. I mean, yeah. you you want to rank Tate amongst like some of the worst characters in this whole universe. Like I would rank him up there with the villains, like Polpo, Gish, like Tate's <laughs> up there. I I really, I really can't stand him. Like he makes me so angry. Maybe even, I'm, well, do I hate him more than Roman? Roman's kind of in a league of his own though. Roman is in a definitely a league of his own. There's like, there's like, you rank all the villains and like Tate's in that list too, but then Roman's in his own list. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um. So Will notices across from the ED that like April is still having pain and he's like, okay, no, 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 no. He's like, you're getting this damn chest x-ray. Like, I don't care. Like you're getting this damn x-ray. Turns out though, that the blow didn't cause any significant damage. She's fine. But what it did show them is that there's a coin legion in her lung. And Will thinks that they were like, because of your history, we can rule out cancer, you know, all the stuff. He's like, I, it's tuberculosis. Isn't tuberculosis like something you get in Oregon Trail? Yes, but like you could also get it outside of the Oregon Trail too. Well, I just, I remember hearing that and just being like, that's like, okay. It's it's something you don't really hear very often. Yeah. I'm like, I'm Googling now, but. Yeah, no, it's definitely not as common, I think, anymore, but. um still yeah um which i mean that ends up affecting you know a lot of things in season Mm -hmm. two but that was kind of the big cliffhanger for april yeah will's big cliffhanger however though is that like obviously maggie had been kind of really basically encouraging him all episode that like natalie's you know over kind of over you know ready to move on like she's taken off her wedding ring yada 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 and just when it seems like will may do something he sees like Natalie and Clark like walk out of the hospital together and he's like so low key jealous. And that's just kind of how things end for Will. And it's just like, oh man. Poor William. Poor William. Um, but Jess had a quick thought about this. She said, Natalie's saying that Will's now attending so he can boss her around. Does this mean that an attending is higher in the hierarchy than a fellow? What Natalie is in 107. She met and she says med and resident are the only medical shows I watch. So I don't know what the difference is. And the answer is yes. Dr. Bryna. I asked my dad about this before we <laughs> recorded. I was like, dad, can we explain the whole thing? Because um, my dad was a surgeon for 35 years. So I asked him the whole thing. So basically he was telling me attending is like the highest, the highest you can be. Um, fellow is what usually comes. You don't have to have gone and done a fellowship, but fellows would come after you do your residency. And it's basically when you want to like subspecialize in something. So like, for example, my dad was an orthopedic surgeon and for him, it would have been like, oh, he would have gone and done like a total joint fellowship or something like that. Like you would basically like subspecialize in Mm -hmm. that. Um, but obviously you don't have to, but it's optional. And he, the way he was explaining it to me is that all fellows have to report still to attendings. Like a fellowship is just a one-year study where you're basically learning from an attending. So like fellows 
have to report to somebody else still, but obviously attendings are like the top. Um, so the answer is yes. I wonder if Dr. Scott then is a peds fellow. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, fellows are like where you, you know, specifically like they're still doctors. Obviously they've done their medical school, their residency, like they are still doctors, mm -hmm. but it's when you're doing that, like subspecialty is what your fellowship is. Interesting. Um, yeah. Cause I was, then I was asking him all these questions. I was like, well, then can you do a fellowship? Like, can you go do like finish your residency, become a doctor and then say like 10 years down the line that like you want to go do a fellowship somewhere. And my dad said like, it can happen, but it's like very, 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 very rare. Like, cause at that point you've already kind of established yourself in your practice or whatever you're doing. He said, typically it mostly happens like after you've done your residency and before you become like a full-time attending. So. Interesting. The answer huh. is yes. Attendings are hierarchy. And then I was asking, I was like, well, so does it matter then like if you're say like a total joint fellow, you know, like in, for example, orthopedics, like, does it matter then like, you know, if you're having to report to, for something about like a pediatric attending or whatever. And he was like, yeah, it still doesn't matter. Like attendings are attendings. Like it doesn't huh. matter whether you would cross departments, like they're still higher than you. Huh. So cool the more you know I was like I need to ask I was like I'm 99% sure but I need to ask my dad when he comes home so I asked him and that's what he cool. said so we've got Ethan and Dr. Charles next this is back when we saw Ethan's parrot I love the Ethan PTSD parrot stuff like it was good quality storyline it really was it's a little I, weird yeah. when you think about it it's like oh it's a parrot like it's a little weird but it's so good but it makes a lot of sense too i mean it, you know it, especially yeah. if it's you know if it's if, especially if it's based on something real of course but like parrots really are like supremely intelligent they outlive most of us and you know well, I, I feel like they kind of just will get into you know maybe at the end but like i feel like they just kind of dropped ethan's ptsd and like he's been through even a lot of more shit since then. Like mm -hmm. a lot of kind of he's been shot at now. I mean, like he's been shot, like all this stuff. And like they never bring it up again. I'm just like, bring back. I mean, even like you just don't get over your PTSD. Right. I'm like, I don't know. I, that sounds weird to say, like, bring back Ethan's PTSD, but like I really hope they get better about not dropping storylines in the future. Yeah. 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 I feel like especially given the times we're in things like a PTSD storyline or things that you just can't drop like a hotcake anymore. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. So Ethan and Dr. Charles are walking into work and they're talking about the parrot. And Ethan's like, I really don't know much. He was kept by a hoarder. He was neglected and yelled at. And Dr. Charles is like, I want to, I want to meet the bird. And Ethan's like, what, really? What? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, let's do lunch. I'll bring sandwiches. Like <laughs> hilarious. Okay. So Dr. Charles meets the parrot and Ethan's, Ethan's like, listen, like all he does is pace back and forth. He doesn't fly. I think he has nightmares. And the whole time they're eating, this bird is like, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Uh, and Dr. Charles is like, listen, like none of this is crazy. Like you think this is crazy, but none of it is. It's completely consistent with PTSD. And Ethan's like, in birds? What? <laughs> and Dr. Charles is like, no, but like, really they're, you know, they're supremely intelligent. They comprehend emotions the same way we do. Like it makes all the sense in the world. And so he's like, just try to bond with them. Like, see if anything comes of that. Uh, 
And yeah, so, you know, all the bird says is don't touch that. He doesn't fly or anything, which like I, I, since I was a kid, I've always wanted to get a parrot just to teach it how to curse. And Charlie says, no, I know I'm so pumped. There used to be a pet shop that we would go into every now and then, like when we were kids and there was a parrot there and we had the best time trying to get it to say like terrible things. It was, That's exactly, it was really fun. Since I was a kid, I've wanted to get a parrot just to teach it how to say bad words. Cause how funny would that be when your friends come over and the bird is like, what the fuck? Like, that's hilarious. You wouldn't want a bird, but it is funny when they say like terrible things. Yeah. There's, um, there's an account I follow on TikTok where the, it's, it's a parrot that curses and like sings Selena. It's so funny. And like, the, like the bird has a sibling, but the sibling doesn't talk. The sibling just makes like loud noises. And I think the bird's like the sibling's name is Nini. And so there's videos where the bird is just like, Nini, shut up. Like hilarious. And then there's other ones where you see the bird singing Comola floor. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's like, hysterical. Yeah. So, um, but Charlie gave me a very adamant no on that. So I'm a little bummed, but that's okay. Probably for the best. Probably. <laughs> Probably. So later that night, Ethan starts bonding with the parrot. Uh, and I totally forgot about this. And like, <laughs> I got to find a way to make gifts without Photoshop because Ethan running back and forth trying to get this bird to fly is hilarious. Hilarious. It's so good. I forgot all about this scene, but just seeing him like with the arms, he's like trying to teach the bird how to fly. It's so funny. So funny. But I mean, he tries, so it's good. So then the next morning, the bird's on the counter and Ethan's just like, hey, well, be back tonight. And the parrot says it back to him. He's like, be back tonight. And Ethan's just like, we're making headway. Like, this is awesome. But I just want to point out the fact that Ethan left this bird on the counter. Yeah. He went to work and like that poor bird was like stranded. He's like, you're lucky when you come back that your house isn't like destroyed. Yeah. Okay. Probably got like bird droppings everywhere, but like, all right. Just going to point out you didn't put the bird in the cage, but whatever. Uh, So then Dr. Charles comes over after shift and Ethan tries to get him to say it again, but there's nothing. Um, But then, I mean, out of nowhere, the bird just like up and flies over and lands on Ethan's shoulder. So Dr. Charles is just like totally impressed. And he's just like, wow, this is like more success than I have with most of my patients. And and, and, and that's it. But this was so, this was such an underrated storyline and one that I really wish they had stuck with. Yeah, I'd same. And like, I know a couple of people sent us the same thing and like, whatever happened to the bird? I hope he still has it though. I hope he didn't like surrender it or like donate it. I hope so, but we've not seen it and we've seen Ethan's apartment. So Ethan, yeah. Ethan's one of the few that lives in the same place. Yeah. Surprisingly. Surprisingly. And unlike all of the other one Chicago characters, his apartment makes sense. Yes, it really does. Yeah, that makes sense. None of the others do, but that one does. Severide's sweet ass loft. Nope. Yeah. Nope. None of it makes sense. But yeah, Haley's like dream, whatever. I I don't even know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jess said on this one, she's like, I really like the PTSD storyline with Troy. And I wish we saw more of that, even if it wasn't passing or comments. And whatever happened to the bird? Justice for the bird. Whatever happened to the damn bird? For real, though. We need to know. Season like, seven. We even if know. he's just in like a cage in another room, can somebody just like make sure that like, can somebody just like reference it so we know like, oh, the bird is good? That's all I need. And also, does Will still have the dog? <laughs> That's a great question. I need to know these things. We we just need to know. We need to know. I could, well, I, I, I could see Will still having the dog. 
but they don't mention it ever. I know. I know. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> oh, man. So, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much Ethan and the bird. Yeah, so Goodwin. Goodwin. Let's end with Goodwin. Quick little storyline. Um, so Maggie asks Goodwin, you know, apparently Goodwin's going through some renovations on Bert's man cave. And Maggie asks, you know, how it's Goodwin and going. Good ask. Goodwin, how it's going um <laughs> and she's like i thought you know it would cheer him up but like he's not really showing any interest in it and Goodwin says you know like i feel like i'm being punished for not retiring with him so things are not going great for Goodwin. and at the end of the day maggie asks her you know like if she has any big plans and Goodwin's like you know i'm just gonna go home and make a big meal and she's like you know bert always loves my cooking so the next day, Goodwin actually doesn't show up to work. Like she missed a budget meeting, apparently. So this has got Maggie like really worried. And Maggie shows up to Goodwin's house and apparently like Bert left. Like he said, you know, he doesn't know how much time he has left, but he wants to spend it happy. This is so messed up. Like you're not Bert. happy because your wife is still working? Fucking Bert. What? I hated him. I still hate him. Toxic I know. I know that Goodwin has kind of forgiven him, you know, and they've moved on and they're friends now, whatever. But, like, I fuck him. He literally, like, he kind of blames, like, I don't know. He's like, oh, I'm not happy because you're still working. What? Fuck him. What is with the toxic men on the show in the early seasons? Um, And Maggie tells him or tells her just that he's like, he's being a full fool. And Goodwin's like, no, like, he's gone for good. And she's like. Maggie tries to encourage Goodwin to like, you know, stay home, like, you know, feel your feelings. But Goodwin's like, no, no, no. Like, I just, I got to get to work. And like, literally kind of one of the last scenes of the episode is like, obviously we see Goodwin at home after a long day and like, she can't even really finish her dinner. Like she just cries to herself and it's just like, so fucked up. It really is. And good. I mean, I think it just shows how big of a person Goodwin is if she forgave him. Cause that's like, that's messed up. I forgot that Bert leaving was like, so ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah because by now obviously like we said they've made up they're friendly you know like everything's fine with them now but like yeah what a dick mm-hmm. and then to like immediately come parading through med with his new girlfriend like midway through season two yeah it's it's bad so messed up so messed up and then there's that moment where she tells maggie she's like i don't make him happy that's not your fault that's not your fault no not especially if you're still doing something you love mm-hmm. he should be supportive and the fact that he's not means that he sucks yeah just i hate him so if we're ranking like the men in terms of how much they suck in this episode um Joe, well tater bird who goes number one they both suck they both suck they're tied for one yeah so that gives joey like the number three spot yeah joey's not tear joey's definitely not that bad i still didn't like joey's vibes i never liked joey but like he's not that bad comparatively to them mm-hmm. hate and bert smack them both them. yep yeah i'm glad we rewatched this though because i totally forgot the circumstances behind bert leaving so now i know anytime he pops up to be like screw you, you dude you suck <laughs> yeah 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 so any other notes on this episode? 
No, I actually like this episode. This was a really good finale. This was very like well-rounded. There was a lot of good stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. I like this one. I forgot that I like this one, but I like this one. I miss Connor. Same. It just makes me, every time we get stuff like this and then it just makes me mad that like they felt like they didn't have anywhere else they could have gone with him. And I'm just like, but, but. Honor. We were just having this conversation with our friends Jennifer and Carrie, who hosts the Shop Talk podcast, which is the one about the rookie on ABC. Um, AB, well, uh, the rookie is kind of shaping up. It, it's all signs are pointing to them killing a certain major character. I mean, yeah, we don't know for sure, but all signs are pointing to that. And we were talking about what the possible reasons could be today. And I know Jennifer had mentioned she was like, I really hope it's not the age old of like, we just ran out of stuff for him, for, ran out of stuff for him to do. That is not how life works. You don't like get yourself into a funk or in a rut and then just like up and disappear. Yeah. And I was thinking about it today. Like, obviously they kind of admit, you know, they've said that that's kind of how, what happened with Connor, but it makes me mad. Like, on the one hand, it makes me mad because I loved Connor so much. On the other hand, we would not have gotten Crockett if this hadn't happened. So, like, I am, like, I'm not, I'm still grateful because I love Crockett so much. And I obviously wouldn't want to give him up. But, mm-hmm. like, eh, eh, I, I wish I, I'm had, so conflicted. And I know we had this discussion recently, like, very recently. But I still think Connor and Crockett, I would have loved to have seen them work together. I think they would have actually worked very well together. Oh, it would be amazing. Yeah. But. I know we would not have gotten Crockett if Connor hadn't have left. It's true. It's true. The other thing I really hate about their reason for Connor's exit is that they were like, well, since Ava was going, Connor had to go too. No. No. It just makes me mad because like, obviously Ava comes in at the end of season two, like beginning of season three. And I'm like, damn, when Ava wasn't around, Connor was good. And then Ava came around and like fucked everything up and Connor went to shit. Ava was not good. No. I wonder what Connor is doing now. I hope he's happy doing whatever, whatever it is he's doing. I just hope he's happy. I hope that he's still with Robin, but it would make sense if he's not. I, yeah, I just want him to be happy. Same. Same. That's all I care about. And I miss Connor. (laughs) Same. (sighs) Anyway, um, that's about it for today. But, you know, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Meet us at Molly's right across the board. Um, if you haven't seen yet, we're doing a podcast crossover. Who Heck needs a yeah, one Chicago crossover? You could have a podcast crossover. Heck yeah, you are. We are. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Okay, so so we are collaborating with the other two on Chicago podcasts, The Locker Room and the Ladies Night at Molly's. We're doing a big podcast crossover, and this is kind of what we're doing for our wish list episode. So there is a Google Doc kind of floating around out there. We'll tweet it out again, but you've got to get your predictions slash wishes in by September 11th. You're listening to this on Friday, which means you've got to get those predictions in by tomorrow. Okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, we're going to treat this like a legit crossover where one show covers one, like, you know, one podcast covers one show, another covers, eh, covers another, and then, you know, and so on and so forth. So this is going to be like, this is going to be fun. It's a lot of fun. fun. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned. That'll come out the week of the premieres. And yeah, I mean, we're around. So next week we'll, we'll be back with something. We don't know what yet, but we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah. Last, the- that, but Gina, next week is the last week of hiatus. Like that's <gasps> it. I know. So we have one more week to pick something good and then that'll be it. So like exciting stuff. It's so exciting. Yeah. Um, 
you guys, again, email us anytime about anything. Meet us at mollies at gmail.com. You know, we watch other stuff and we do other stuff. Um, what did I just finish binging and then started again? Um, I just started what we do in the shadows, which is the vampire comedy on FX. Um, we'll see if I stick with it, but trying to think of what else I just finished and I can't remember. I've still got to finish Did you La Casa. finish Money? Yeah, I was gonna say, did you finish La Casa? I've only seen the first episode. Whoa. I know, I know, I know, I'm sorry. It's because I was in New York, I know. That's literally my, cause obviously my dad and my aunt watch it too. So mm-hmm. like Saturday, my aunt came over and she came over. It was like eight 30 in the morning and whatever. And like, so by nine, nine 30, we were like, okay, we're watching it. Like that's I'm like, we're watching it. So we were done. Oh my God. I, I know. And I'm killing Brian over here. Cause like, I haven't watched all of La Casa. I still have not seen Shang-Chi. Uh, have not seen watched... this morning's what if not yet. That's a quick fix, but Shang-Chi, I think I'm going to see this weekend please i know i know i know please there are two in credit scenes and you have to stay for both of them oh there's two there's two i'm glad you told me that there were two because there's two i will spread that on the the very very till the lights come on okay all right till the very end noted noted so yeah um we don't know what we're we're gonna talk about next week we'll talk about something but yes it's the last week of hiatus i'm so excited um follow us individually on twitter like you guys know the drill already i'm a gina watches tv brana i'm at brana k13 you guys have a good weekend enjoy and we will talk to you next week bye